0: Welcome to the Final Draft Great Conversations Podcast. My name's Andrew Popel and every week on my show Final Draft and on this podcast I talk about how we're all about books, writing and literary culture. And so today I've got a special bonus episode that brings together all of those elements in a way that possibly... Threatens, but hopefully, we can save some of that culture for the future. I'm going to be joined by Jane McCready. Jane is the CEO of Writing New South Wales. Writing New South Wales is an organization that employs provides support workshops and generally uh, supports the writing community in New South Wales which is if you are listening internationally the state where uh, Sydney is located. now writing New South Wales recently found out that their funding will uh, from the state government will not be continuing at the end of the year. so Jane and I sat down and we talked about what that means where writing New South Wales funding comes from and what the future looks like if that funding is not secure. This is the Final Draft Great Conversations podcast and a special bonus episode exploring writing New South Wales and their ongoing future. So let me ask, what role have books played for you lately? Even before COVID made reading not only a joy, but at times a lifeline to the outside world, books have played an integral role in our lives, showing us the world, exploring the issues that challenge us and helping us understand who we are. But books don't just emerge fully formed on our bookshelves. If it takes a community to raise a book, and apologies for that bad borrowing, then Writing New South Wales is at the heart of that writing community. All that is at risk following a funding announcement by Create New South Wales that ends Writing New South Wales' ongoing state funding. Joining me to discuss this funding decision is Writing New South Wales CEO Jane McCready. Jane, thank you so much for joining me at this time.
1: It's a pleasure to be here, Andrew.
0: Now, I've just given an idea that Writing New South Wales is so integral to the community of writers in this state. Can you give us a bit of an idea, though, about what Writing New South Wales is doing?
1: Yeah, We have very large programs for writers. We, we support um, around 5,000 writers each year. We provide uh, skills development for writers at the beginning of their careers. We help them to find their community, to form peer support groups of writers so that they can workshop their work. With, with others who are in a similar stage of development. Um, we provide, we stage public events, including the Boundless Festival, which last year won the awards for Best Sydney Arts Program of the Year from um, one of your competitors, FBI Radio. Um, we provide all kinds of writers with opportunities to meet and engage with their audience. We have very strong programs, for example, for Indigenous writers. And for writers from culturally diverse backgrounds, we try to help all writers to navigate the industry so that they can establish careers as writers. So we introduce them to publishing companies and try, help them to find opportunities for, for performance if they're writing works for performance. Uh, thousands of writers achieve professional opportunities through our programs. And we're also one of the country's biggest employers of writers because we we pay out hundreds of thousands of dollars each year in fees to writers for teaching for us, for speaking at events, for writing content, for our publications and so on.
0: Now, that employment, I understand, is so important. It's very difficult for writers to make a living just by writing. Um, you mentioned there that hundreds of thousands of dollars get paid out and you are, you know, if not the largest, one of the largest employers of writers. How is Writing New South Wales itself funded?
1: We generate most of our revenue from our own activities. Um, We generate about two-thirds of our revenue from our activities, which includes membership fees, um, fees that writers pay to participate in in courses, um, tickets to our events and so on. We... The other third comes from government funding, which comes from federal and state governments as well as uh, local government. The Create New South Wales grant was actually a relatively small part of our revenue, but it was the the base for everything else that we do. It was the secure ongoing funding that we had that allowed us to build everything on top of that. And without it, we don't have the capacity to plan for future activities, which really restricts what we're able to do for writers. I think you made a really important point, Andrew, about how little writers earn from their work, and I think many readers would be really shocked to hear about that. Um, Macquarie University did some research a couple of years ago that showed the average income for a professional writer was just over $12,000 a year. So as you can imagine, that means there aren't very many writers who live entirely from their writing. So they they absolutely rely on the various other opportunities to earn income like the ones that we provide.
0: Now you talked there about the stable base that state funding provided for you, even if it even if it is as a percentage, perhaps a third or less than a third. And I imagine that like so many organizations, writing New South Wales has been hit by COVID. So many of us have had to tighten our, our wallets, uh around this. What does this funding decision, which will come into effect at the end of the year, what does this funding decision mean for the future of writing New South Wales?
1: You're right, it's particularly devastating that it's happening in the middle of a global pandemic. It's, it's, quite, it's quite bewildering, really. Um, we've we've had to cancel all of our face-to-face programs this year, like most arts organisations. Um, we've done a very rapid pivot to, to digital. We already had quite a few online programs, but we've rapidly expanded those this year. But we aren't able to match the quantity of programs we would have run if we'd also been doing face-to-face programs. So our earned, reven- our earned revenue this year has taken a hit of about 30 to 40% already. Um, fortunately, there have been some of those federal government assistance programs like JobKeeper that are keeping a lot of our organisations going through this time, including us. But nonetheless, we're, we're going to be coming to the end of this year facing considerable challenges as a result of the pandemic. And to add into that the loss of our ongoing funding is, is devastating.
0: Now, I hate to break things down to the economy, but this is the language that the government communicates in. Do you think that this speaks, the, the sort of funding cuts and... We haven't discussed it, but the relatively low amount of arts funding that is allocated to literature, do you think that this speaks to a broader culture that sees the arts as ancillary to other sectors?
1: Yes, I do. I do. I think that's exactly what it is. And I I think that there's a general feeling that people in the arts work out of passion, which we do, (laughs) it's true, Um, but somehow that we therefore don't deserve to be paid because passion drives us and you don't get the same argument made about other people who might be working out of passion um, in other fields of endeavour. And I think that applies particularly to writers because writing is such a solitary activity most of the time and because it doesn't require huge infrastructure necessarily to be performed, so you don't need the great big theatre to do the writing part of, of the work, um... It happens in private and in secret, and it tends to be thought of almost as a hobby, I think. And that really diminishes and impoverishes uh, the stories that we're able to tell. And it makes it harder, I think, particularly for people from more marginalised backgrounds to, to find the, the time and the space to, to do their best writing.
0: So for... The listener who has that pile weighing down their bedside table, who is enjoying that show based on that book, who is concerned about what is happening to writers and to writing New South Wales, is that it? I mean, your funding, the funding that we are talking about being cut ends at the end of the year. Can anything be done?
1: We've had the most enormous outpouring of support from the writing community since the decision was announced for we- um, hundreds of people have, have written to the government to to their local members um, or to the Minister for the arts and there's also been a lot of conversation obviously on social media about it too. Um, we are working as hard as we can to, to find another solution um, and we certainly will be talking to to the government and, and to create New South Wales about possibilities there. Um, and our board and staff are working incredibly hard to look at whether there are alternative ways that we could generate the revenue that, that we're set to lose. Uh, I'm hopeful <laughs> that we can keep doing all the work we do for writers, uh, but I can't guarantee what that might look like after the end of this year at this point.
0: So I guess my challenge now is, is to the listeners who for months... We're going on six months now since COVID have heard me talking about supporting artists by buying their work, about supporting their local bookshop by getting out to the bricks and mortar, or if you can't, wherever you're self-isolated, if you, if you access delivery. Writing New South Wales is another organization that is making sure those much loved books, those pieces of art are available to you. In this time of need and the way they've been available to us for our entire lives, you can go to writingnewsouthwales.org.au to find out a little bit more about this funding cut. You can also find some really useful stuff uh, I've already accessed. There is a a form letter that you might like to put your own details into to send to your local member. Um, Jane, look, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know that this is a very busy time and that you're working so hard to... To address this funding cut. Thank you for taking the time to come on Final Draft.
1: It's my pleasure, Andrew. Thank you for having me.
0: And that's it for this Great Conversation featuring Jane McCready. Jane is the CEO of Writing New South Wales. Great Conversations is recorded on uh, the lands of the Darug and the Gundungurra people, and it broadcasts from the lands of the Gadigal people, from the 2SER studios in Broadway in Sydney. The show is produced and presented by Andrew Popel. To keep up with the latest in books, writing, and literary culture, you can follow us on all the socials. Just look for at Final Draft 2SER. If you want more books, if you want more specials like this, just click subscribe. They pop up every week, or as the case may be, to this week. I am Andrew Popel. I will be back next week with more great conversations from Final Draft. Till then, happy reading.